My name is Alan Kogan. Join me as I share samples of some of my favorite whiskey while getting to know each guest. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. It is an absolute honor to introduce you to my next guest, Bradley Lake, and I met at Pacific Legal Foundation when I first moved to Northern Virginia. Since then, Brad has been a close friend and a reliable person to share Guinness with at a local Irish pub. He's a fellow fan of peated whiskey, so I chose a lineup of some well-known bottles to share while we get to know him better. Brad, welcome. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get into the peat. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, before we get into the samples, I want to know who Brad Lake is. Give me a short bio. Brad Lake is, uh, I hail from the great state of Michigan, uh, which is just uh, one of the greatest places ever. Um, much better than Wisconsin. <laughs> That's what people tell me. But <laughs> make it personal. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm from Michigan. Uh, moved out to uh, uh, Washington D.C. area um, a couple years ago to work at the aforementioned uh, Pacific Legal Foundation with Alan. Uh, and uh, I've been kind of uh, in the publicity world uh, ever since, kind of doing public relations work. Uh, so it's kind of fun to be here on the other side of things where, you know, n- normally I'm setting up these interviews, but they, they don't let me close to the mic. But, <laughs> whereas Alan, he's taking the big risks today and uh, he's putting me behind the mic. So, uh, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm from Michigan and I went to central Michigan and, uh, and uh, shout out to all my Chippewas back in Michigan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here and to, to try some whiskey. All right. Well, uh, how about we get into our first tasting? Let's do it. So I think you've had this one with me before. Um, Lafroig, uh, Lafroig Ten is their 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 uh, benchmark. Their what they have on every shelf across America. But uh, Lafroig is a legendary distillery in the Isler region of Scotland, known for its distinctive flavors and contributions to the surrounding community. Brothers Dan, uh, Donald and Alexander Johnson f- uh, formed Lafroig Distillery on the island's south coast in 1815. According to their website, the 10-year-old, which we're about to try, is the original Laphroaig. Um, it was distilled the same way it was uh, back when Ian Hunter invented it. So uh, in making this, they dried over a peat fire. That's how a lot of these uh, uh, peated whiskeys get their flavors. They actually take the grains, put them in a big concrete silo, and then uh, smoke them with actual peat moss burning. Um, but Laphroaig 10 is one of my favorites. It's around $50 as a price point. Not a bad start to this uh, offering, so uh, cheers, buddy. Let's Welcome. get into it. Thank you. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> so the website says, and I'm not, some of this is marketing, some of it's bullshit, some of it's real, and it's, it's all about like relative taste and what you understand of, of whiskey, but people who enjoy the tenure will say that they notice a bold, smoky taste followed by a hint of seaweed and a surprising sweetness. What are your thoughts? I definitely got the bold smokiness. Um, I have to say, my palate uh, on the seaweed as part of it, I'm a little, I don't, I'm a little bit unrefined, so I didn't quite taste the seaweed on it. But I definitely um, could taste the sweetness towards the end, and uh, and uh, yeah, definitely tasted the bold smokiness. That was the, that was pretty clear. <laughs> that comes through pretty uh, clear. Yeah, Laforg is is known for them. They are one of the peat legends, right? That they, they mm-hmm. have this distinct flavor. Um, I think what seaweed is getting at is there's a, a, a distinct briny flavor. Mm. When I drink Laphroaig and even some of the other ones we'll get into, I imagine myself on a on a pier out. You mm. know, I can hear the seagulls flocking. I can hear the boat horn. Yep. You can you know see the barnacles on the side of the wall. It's like oh, that, yeah. that sea shine, brine, sea salt, and and peat. That's how I feel about it. 
some Scottish uh, Scottish seas uh, yeah. looking out on yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's Laphroaig Ten, man. I actually realized the other day when I went, uh, and you know that I'm not a big bourbon drinker, but I the other day I was like I I had my pipe out and I was like, all right, I need need some whiskey to go with this and i went and poured myself a, a, a glass of bourbon and i was like i had a couple sips of it and i was like this will not do <laughs> and i was so actually so you know you mentioned the price point on this and i'm like well you know this might be the one this might be the one that uh, sits in my uh sits in my cabinet if uh yeah by the end of this we'll see They're, they they actually have a cool uh a cool set that they sell for like I think it's like sixty-five or seventy dollars. Mm. So the bottle itself is fifty, mm-hmm. but they sell uh, the bottle with two Lafroy glasses and oh. a collector's edition box, and it's just for marketing. But for ten or fifteen dollars more, you get two glasses, and it's—I don't know—it's—I it's, will always have this on my shelf whenever I run out. This is—I mean, it's—it's it's inexpensive, it's accessible, mm-hmm. it's at every store you can find, and it's so tasty. And it's tasty. It's, yeah. it's smooth. It doesn't—I mm-hmm. mean it. For being a lower end scotch, people look at that price point and go, ah. Yeah. But no, it's it's great. Who do you consider your hero or someone you look up to? Well, I mean, honestly, I look up to my dad. He's a very friendly, outgoing guy. I kind of pride myself on being a very friendly, outgoing guy. He puts his family and friends first, which is something that I appreciate about him. And that's something that I try to do my, in myself. And, uh, and he puts, uh, yeah, he the way he cares about the people he's uh, that are in his friends and family is something that I aspire to. Um, on a kind of, I guess I'll take it on the other side of it. On a, um, on a, uh, uh, on another level, I would say Nelson Mandela is my uh, go-to when people ask me this question because I don't know that I agreed with him on on on, on literally everything he did. I mean, because you know, in, in 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 history, he in the history of an uprising and a uh, full-on revolution in their country you know obviously some there's gonna be some gray areas right but uh but i always uh admired his dedication to the causes that he believed in and uh i always appreciated the the sacrifices that he went for that he kind of uh that he kind of took upon himself and the sacrifices that his family um uh, went through just for their vision of freedom and a better country and a place that they wanted to be in which is really inspiring to me so i yeah i would say nelson mandela and jeff lake are the two people that i would <laughs> that i would uh yeah yeah look up to it's kind of like the mount rushmore it's <laughs> brad lake <laughs> yeah. you're gonna go to grand rapids michigan and see jeff lake statue <laughs> next to a <laughs> jeff lake the devosses and then <laughs> yeah that's Oh, that's awesome. That's pure Michigan. That, no, that's great. I, I actually have self-admittedly not uh, done as much reading on uh, Mandela as I wish I mm-hmm. have. I've only known like what I've learned in high school, a little bit in college, and then just random articles that pop up here and there about. And you saw Invictus, right? I oh, mean, well, yeah, course, the documentary. Course. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, he uh, he actually, I recommend this book to to everybody. Um, it was um, it was the book that actually really I think got me into audiobooks. I'm a huge audiobook addict. And uh, it was a long walk to free, to freedom. Yeah. By uh, it was Nelson Mandela's autobiography that really got me into it. And I mean, honestly, there was points of the book where you laugh. There's points of it where you cry because it's just such a powerful book. And like, and his you know his his outlook on the world is just so is just I don't know. It's it it's uh, it's it's just really powerful. And uh, yeah, it motivates you, especially if you're if you care about you know civil rights issues, uh, which I do. Uh, and I, I don't. Yeah, I do. yeah, yeah. Alan does not. <laughs> And I quote Alan Cogan, I do not care about civil rights. <laughs> that's why that's why he brought a PR guy on for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for, the, for this yeah, episode. One of, my, one of my first guests. Yeah. Is, yeah. 
<laughs> He's going to have to have me clean up after this. After <laughs> yeah, so. Brad, uh, Brad's professional team in the background is uh, shaking their head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, next offering we have is from Talisker. I don't think you've had this one before. Um, it's called Talisker Storm, and they've been around for a while. I'll give you a little bit of history on them. Uh, Talisker Distillery was founded in 1830 by Hugh and Kenneth McCaskill. Talisker Storm was released in early 2013, so it's, a, it's fairly relatively new uh, compared to how old the, whiskey, uh, the distillery is. There's no age statement, though. There's a whole part of whiskey history, scotch history in particular, where they had this whole thing where... Hey, we're not going to start labeling things with age statements because that used to be if you're 15, 18, 21 year, you know, that that age statement right. would be a marketing grab. Oh, it's 21 years old. Mm -hmm. I can have that. No. Back in the day and uh, like the 80s, 90s, 2000, early 2000s, they started taking getting away from that because they found that if you married older, more expensive whiskey, like a 25, 30 year old with the younger whiskey, you actually get a, a more sweet, mm. robust flavor depending on the cask. So Talisker Storm is Talisker's attempt at that, and it oh. has been a really powerful uh, uh, sales grab for them. This malt is peated to approximately 18 to 22 parts per million, which is the peat level, uh, which is about a medium level. Mm. We'll have some here that are like three times that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only difference between this and the, ta uh, the tenure, which I know you've had with me, mm -hmm. is the lack of an age statement. And they, they basically just use some recharred ex-bourbon uh, barrel um, whiskey, uh, Talisker claims a selection of both younger and older older class uh, casks brings more smoke and a better balance of sweetness. And this is around 70 bucks. It's not worth it, in my opinion, but it's still really good. Okay. So, cheers. Cheers. It's pretty different. Much different, yep. This is far more sweet yep. and less salty than Laphroaig. Mm -hmm. I would also say Laphroaig is probably more peaty. I, I would agree. Yeah, definitely more smoky on the Laphroaig than on than on uh, the Talisker. So, any overall thoughts? I think it's good. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely uh, one that I would drink that I would drink again, um, especially if I'm not feeling like going a hundred percent into the uh, into the campfire. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, it is because uh, it because it, it is sweet. Uh, it is sweet and smooth. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, not quite the, uh, the the fiery flavor of uh, of a. Um, of a uh, Lafroy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 so it's 70 seventy dollars. Uh, $70. It's pretty readily available at every liquor store. You can find it. Um, they have a new, the, the bottle that we're having right now is an older bottle. Um, they updated their branding and their marketing and, and their recipe changes as the time goes on. But allegedly there's a 25 year old whiskey within this. And there's as young as a five year old whiskey in here. So they marry that all together. And they, and then this is what you get. Um, for seventy bucks, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't regularly pay that. It's it is one of my favorite Taliskers though. Mm -hmm. But the ten year is almost equivalent, and it's for less money. Sure. So it's kind of a marketing thing, but Talisker Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say coming around on my second sip of it, um, the uh, I, like the aftertaste that it leaves in your mouth is really nice. I actually like yeah. like I I don't know how to define it, and I'm, I'll leave that to the expert here. But uh, the uh, but like the way that it. I will say the way that it sits in your mouth afterwards is really nice. Kind of like candy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's the sweetness of Talisker that really mm -hmm. comes through after the Laphroaig. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And I personally, I love a whiskey that like lingers on the tongue and, and yes. the teeth, kind of a sticky. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All the good mouth feels. All the good mouth feels. <laughs> if you were president of the United States for uh, one day, 24 hours. Okay. What would you do? What would I do? Oh man, I would I would go on a declassifying spree <laughs> like you wouldn't even believe. We would be we would find out about so many that you would get answers to so many different uh, secrets of in American history. And I would uh, I would personally go and find the Book of Secrets um, <laughs> from the documentary uh, uh, National Treasure, and uh, I would declassify the Book of Secrets number one. Um, and then I think you know I gotta get rid of I gotta uh, I gotta legalize all the drugs because <laughs> all of them all of them we <laughs> legalize all the drugs uh, and then um, hmm, where I mean we still got a lot a, a lot a lot we still have a lot of the day left. Um, <laughs> this is the first hour. Yeah, this is like the first hour, man. Um, well, if I was Ron DeSantis, I would uh, I would uh, eliminate every single every I would eliminate the IRS apparently. Uh, okay, no political jokes, but uh, the, <laughs> but uh, no, I uh, yeah, I think uh, I I would also I would I would do what Donald Trump never had the courage to do and put in an offer for Greenland. Ooh. I would I would put in an offer. I would say I would say I'll I'll make you an offer you can't refuse on Greenland. And I would also put put forth some offers for other countries like New Zealand if we could get in on New Zealand. I would throw out an offer for New Zealand. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we're not discussing acquisitions enough as a, as a country. <laughs> I think we need to be talking about more mergers and acquisitions. And that's what I'm going to that's that's part of the Brad Lake platform. Uh, I love if it. I became president for a day. <laughs> I, I, who was I just listening to? It was a, I don't know, it was a podcast or just a comedian talking about um, buying, getting, getting all the billionaires together who care about climate change, claim to care about climate change, and buying half of the rainforest. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's just yeah. This I know you've had with me before. This is one of my favorites. It's uh, the Ardbeg Ukdal. Yes. And Let's this, do it. This is far pittier than the previous two. Well, that's exciting. But no, Ukdal holds a special place on my palate because it's aged in sherry cask, which is a, a fortified wine. It's a very sweet wine, and it, it, it takes that peat and sweetness and marries it in the perfect way. And this has been one of their top sellers from Ardbeg. It's their, one of their flagship whiskeys, their Ardbeg 10, the Ukdal. Um, have you can find them anywhere. Ugdal is around seventy-five to eighty dollars, depending on where you go, and it's worth every penny of it. But the website says that Ugdal is a special vatting that marries Ardbeg's traditional deep, smoky notes with luscious, raisiny tones of old X sherry casks. It was first bottled in two thousand three from whiskey produced in nineteen ninety three, and has become a must-have for any Ardbeg fan. So, uh, cheers! And you notice too that this is a darker. Um, oh yeah. It's that sherry cask coming through the wood. Beautiful. So, cheers, brother. Cheers. That is nice. A lot of people that I've sampled this with have used the word meated. It's got like a half smoked ham flavor to it. I was actually just about to say, if you were to ask me what it, it, it was, I, I felt like it was like a grill, like, like, yeah. like we're grilling some, we're grilling meat. Like right. that was like the smoky, like a uh, Weber grill with some meat on it is what, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and, and people who have who, I mean, you, you've enjoyed peat whiskey, peated whiskey with me before, so you're you're initiated to that flavor. People who have never had a peated whiskey, it's very offensive. They don't they don't they don't know what to do with it. Oogdal is, I think it's around 45 parts per million, so it's double the one we had just previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like a punch in the gut. It's like, oh, hey, uh, have you ever drank a cigar while <laughs> while like snorting charcoal off your grill? Um, now, to me, this is tame compared to what other things we'll try today. But I don't know. It's it's my it's one of my go tos. So. Yeah, no, it's delicious, and I can I, from this one sip, I can still feel it in my. I can still feel it heating up my uh, my chest. It's uh, <laughs> it's no, it's great, and uh, you get a lot of sweetness on that too. I, we do. I, it's a different sweetness in Talisker. Talisker is more of a like a candy sweet. Mm-hmm. This is more like a I don't know, like a like a like a cherry or a a fruited sweet. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, when you said that, when as you were reading through and saying, you know, talking about what the um, what the tastes were going to be like, um, I was expecting it to be to be a lot, a lot less sweet than it was. Right. Because, yeah, I was just based on the amount of peat that's in this in comparison to the first two, I was expecting it to be. But really, yeah, it was really it was it was a, a very balanced between the the peatiness and the and the, um, and the sherry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, sweetness. Well, I, just just for fun, because the bottle actually says, it says bacon and bonfires. Yep. I mean, that's spot on. Actually, <laughs> that's, that's actually I think very accurate. <laughs> so if you want liquid bacon and liquid campfire. This I mean, is those are bottle. two of my fa- bacon and campfire are my two of my favorite things. So like, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is my question for non-Scotch drinkers. Do you hate bacon and campfires? <laughs> <laughs> what are you a communist? <laughs> yeah, seriously. sample Bible in 16 is one of I will always have this on my shelf unfortunately it's kind of expensive it goes for around 100 110 depending on where you're at obviously it's 16 years old so it's you know it's got kind of a more exclusivity to it um, but Lagavulin is one of the original distiller the original Pete legends one of the OGs one of the OGs yeah their, their namesake has taken a massive marketing bump since partnering with Nick Offerman mm-hmm. from Parks and Rec Everyone knows him as Ron Swanson, yep. and he's released sp- uh, several special editions, such as the uh, the charred oak cask and the Guinness cask mm-hmm. um, for Father's Day specials, and the uh, Lagavulin Eleven, just the normal Eleven. Um, but yeah, so he's brought that marketing kind of crisscross uh, cross pollination from U.S. to Scotland and vice versa. Um, so they have infiltrated. Well, I also watch, watch, watching Parks and Rec and Ron Swanson enjoying Lagavulin and steak. Everyone's yeah. like, everyone's like I, I gotta do that. That's cool. Yeah. That's me. It's Asian oak cask for at least 16 years, of course, and mm. this is considered Lagavulin's benchmark dram, and it's revered by many in the whiskey community. It's won numerous accolades over the years. Uh, Lagavulin's said to be one of the oldest distilleries on Isla, and is uh, world-renowned for its smoky, peaty uh, whiskeys. Again, uh, they have kind of them and Lafroy probably together have created this 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 peat moss legend that has uh, taken over the industry over the last 250 years. Um, 
now they proclaim, they're self-proclaimed uh, to be the definitive Isla Malt. Mm. I mean, you know. What do you think about that, Alan? Uh, huh. I, th- I think I think that's up there. I, 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 it's it's tough because they're so different. That, you know, if I look at Ardbeg, Lafroig, and Lagavulin as the three, maybe even Brooklodic as as the four like top peated whiskey things that mm. exist. I mean, there are other peated whiskeys that exist within like the Irish whiskey community, and sure. even, there's even peated bourbon in America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a flavor profile, but they're just so different. Yeah. So to be the premier, like the number one, it's like, well, it's like saying you're the number one, I don't know, burger stand. I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, obviously that's McDonald's. But... <laughs> 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 Which I don't know if they, I don't know if the fine folks at Lagavulin would be happy with me comparing them to uh, McDonald's. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but they, I, I. I love this stuff, and you know, unfortunately, bars mark it up quite a bit. And you're looking at probably twenty, twenty-five dollars for a pour, uh, an ounce and a half, or an ounce of whiskey. Um, it's definitely worth the bottle if you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was around the eighty, ninety-dollar mark for a while. Uh, the tariff situation the last couple years marked it up to about one twenty. It came back down to about a hundred. So, but I highly worth. It's highly worth investing in if you want to try a, a high-quality peated Scotch that is that is well known and and credible. Awesome. So, cheers, brother. Let's give it a go. Damn, that is smooth. Yeah. That is so smooth. <laughs> it's such a difference. Because that age, that extra aging does a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of all, yeah, honestly, of, of the of the first four we've had here, that this is the, I feel like, is the the, the one that's just like the smoothest, the, 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 I guess, kind of what you would what i would expect if i was like, like, like looking for a pd like for, for, for the pd scotch so I, I guess i can understand why this is the uh like you're saying that one of their flagship uh uh, uh scotches yeah no it's uh i don't know and it's there's so much on that nose too mm-hmm. like i mean there's there the noses of the other ones are good but this just has so much complexity to it <laughs> so I don't know. I just feel like this one is this one where I, I, I really feel like it has like the uh, the in my mind as a as a neophyte. I feel like this one has kind of the has that again that kind of ideal blend of the of the sweetness and the and the peatiness and uh, the smokiness that you kind of again it's 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 it, it's like the it's what you expect a really good scotch to be. Yeah. So no, I agree. Yeah. I can just keep drinking. We'll just sit in silence and drink it. Yep. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what Nick Offerman would would want from us, anyways, right? <laughs> so one of my favorite questions to ask someone, just to understand how your brain works and where your thought process is on on just life itself, is the old Back to the Future situation. If you could travel through time, where would you go? What would you do? No holds barred. I would. Uh, uh, this isn't that fun of an answer, but I would. I would. Uh, I would. I would go back to high school and and, and uh, tell myself to apply for more scholarships oh, so okay. that I wouldn't have student loan debt. <laughs> but uh, uh, no. On, but that, like that's that, that that's kind of a dumb answer. So um, the, a better answer is I think I would go back to myself. Um, I think I would go back to myself in college and um, and kind of um, kind of. Uh, talk to myself about how I treat people and, you know, figure, you know, and, uh, and, uh, figure out, uh, 
if there, if there are better ways that I can, you know, treat people around me. I don't know. There, I always feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty friendly, outgoing guy, but it's and in, in, in a good friend to a lot of people. But I feel like I've gotten a lot more mature over the years, and sure. like so, there's just a lot of things looking back. I feel like I could. There's situations that could have been handled better by me if I would have gone back in time, just in bed and like, you know what, just take a breather, kid. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you know, it's it's gonna be okay. You know? Okay, <laughs> and like like that's uh. Yeah, I think that's, that's well, what I, I do. I admire that because I like I I think most people's answer would like their their knee jerk answer answer would, would be like I don't know you know do it back to the what Back to the Future was trying to do with the almanac you know go back and make mm-hmm. a bunch of money or uh, go kill Hitler or something. Yeah, and even think about that. I mean, those things would be really good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, going going back and killing Hitler would be way better than what I said. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, sorry, continue. <laughs> That's all you drink. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't even know what I would do. I ask these questions. I don't think it, uh, uh, about it for me. I, I, I think I think I always want to go in the future. You'd rather go to the future? Just to see. Cause I'm, because I'm not going to be able to live past a certain age. I, I'm, I'm, well, that's one of my things. Like, if you know, ask me what am I afraid of death? No, but I'm afraid of not knowing. Mm. Like, I, that's why I kind of hope for... If, if there is an afterlife of, or of some sort that I can, it's like a crystal ball. I can look down and just kind of watch like a snow globe. Sure. I want to, I want to be able to turn on my Netflix account and keep watching what happens to humanity and the earth and everything. Mm. You know, do we, do we eventually fuck everything up if we don't do it in our lifetime? But you know, what, what does the year 3000 look like? I think, yeah. And I, I definitely feel that in a certain way. Cause I, I, for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I sometimes feel like it's, I get, kind of um, frustrated by the fact that I only get to live for a certain period of time. Yeah. And like that there's so much to be done. There's so much to, there. there's so many, I think about this all the time in regards to books. I'm like, I have an, an endless, you know, growing list of books. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably am never going to read all of the books that I want to read, you know, cause there's just not enough time. Right. Like, right. and it's just like, it's like, and then also, but also like, like you said, looking into the future, there's just things that we're just not going to know, which is frustrating as all hell, because like, it's like you, you, you want the answer. You want to know how things play out. You know, it's like, we have the ability to look back on one of the reasons I love history is, you know, you have the ability to look back on these things and to really kind of think about them in hindsight. But like, we don't get to do that with, right. you know, what what's happening right now. And, right. uh, I think that's like, uh, I think it's frustrating for for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I want to know if, you know, do we, do we self-destruct or is it, mm-hmm. do we actually last the, the, the lifespan of the earth? Right. I mean, does, does threads or Twitter win? <laughs> <laughs> these are the questions we need to ask. <laughs> Elon Musk or Zuck? I mean, <laughs> they, yeah. these are the existential questions. No, but seriously. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, decisions that we make today, will they actually have an impact on tomorrow? You know, we always talk about the 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 end of the world, whether it's climate change or whatever it is. Like, will that you know? Will we adapt? Will the what, what will the future look like as the world heats up? Is that okay? I mean, right. I mean, obviously, it won't be for some people, but yeah. um, like, like that's you just you know everything that you know that's how it is. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I don't know. Um, well, one of the things I've always wondered is, is like you know time travel. If the question doesn't really have that many rules built into it, but you know, could you bring someone back to? your current time like if i could travel back in time and bring back thomas jefferson what would he say 
or he would be like, "What in the hell is nah. this?" When you show him a McDonald's, he would, <laughs> he would be like, "What is this? This is the product of of my of my republic." <laughs> this is what freedom gets you. Oh yeah, yeah. A, grim- a grimace shake. <laughs> yeah, listen, man, we won two world wars, Thomas. Okay. <laughs> God Lord. Last sample, uh, the Brucolotic Distillery makes a ton of amazing expressions that I can't wait to showcase here. But to drive home the pea flavors, we're ending with the coveted Octomore 13.3. Now, the 13.3 is distilled from barley grown on Isla on one singular farm and dem- demonstrates the phenomenal force of flavor when combining super heavy peat with the variable harvest gathered from the island of Isla. This release is matured on a foundational parcel of first fill ex-American uh, whiskey barrels and a supplementary section of uh, second fill European oak casks hailing from the uh, river salts region of France and the Ribera del Duero region of Spain, as I butcher names. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer James Brown raises the Isle of Barley used annually for the 0.3 line of Octomore on the Octomore farm, uh, just two miles south of the distillery. Uh, the name of the Octomore range actually comes from the farm itself, which has been around for uh, a couple generations. This whiskey's aged for five years, so it's younger than what we've had. It's at 61.1% ABV. It's more than 10% more potent or alcoholic than the other ones we've had, and has a peat level of about 130 parts per million, which is about triple the amount of the peat that has existed in the other samples we've had. So, just, Here we go. just for reference, right? <laughs> Brought out the big guns today. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this one is not as accessible. Uh, it is... Uh, Octomore has a few different offerings. Uh, the 13.3 goes for about God, $250, $300. It depends on where you're at. And I actually have a question about um, about buying um, about buying whiskey. When, you, when, when you're naming off these prices, um, mm-hmm. where do you tend to go to buy alcohol? Um, for me, I'm not a big... I'm not a big um, I don't buy a lot of whiskey or scotch, mm-hmm. um, um, but uh, are you getting it from your local ABC? Or are you getting it from, um, what wh- were your places that you would go to buy these things? Yeah, so my probably go-to uh, for just general, like if I if I want to go replace a Lefroig 10, mm-hmm. I know I can get it at any ABC. Got it. So I'll just go to the ABC up the road. And for reference, Virginia is one of the states that has an ABC store that regulates the MSR, MSRP and state taxes of liquor. You can only buy liquor at the designated state-owned stores. A place like Wisconsin or Michigan, where right. you're from, we have just, you know... Mom, liquor stores. Right. Mom, <laughs> mom pop shop. You could buy liquor at Walmart. You could buy liquor at a gas station. Um, but I found that there are a few ABC stores that actually have a pretty good selection. And it depends because the, the people who run those stores actually franchised. So oh. you can franchise out an ABC store and then you can kind of own the uh, distribution and collection of certain whiskeys to have on your shelf. So if you have a, you know, like a person like me who can go to you and say, Hey man, I really want to get, you know, this Ardbeg or this Lefroy. Can you, can you order it? And they can get it at cost because they're a a distributor. 
um, and they have the license to do so. However, if you're looking for something like an Octomore or a Talisker Storm, you're going to be hard-pressed to find them at every ABC. There'll be a right. couple. But I usually go into D.C. proper okay. and go to one of the liquor stores down by the White House. Um, their prices are a little inflated because of the area and mm -hmm. also because you, I mean, they know people are coming from Virginia who can't yep. get access to things, so they, they have a massive whiskey shelf. Scarcity, yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they, it's about like 10% plus over MSRP. Sure. Uh, and then I, I also go to the Total Wine out in Maryland. Got it. Uh, Maryland also has a kind of a free range area, so they their Total Wine uh, has liquor along with their beer and wine. So those so are, Total Wine's a good place to go for some of this stuff. Yeah. So you and I live pretty close to each other here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, Total Wine out in Laurel, Maryland is about forty five minutes, forty minutes away. That's yeah. a quick little trip to. Hey, I need that one. And Total Wine has benefit of having a very accurate online system. So if you're like, hey, I really want to try that one whiskey that, you know, that Alan showed me, you can go online, type it in, and if they don't have it, they might have a picture of it. You can call them up and say, hey, are you ordering this soon? And they'll tell you their dates and everything. Got so it. So just make a trip out there. Awesome. That's great to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Octomore. Yes. Prepare your taste buds. <laughs> They're prepared. Cheers. Cheers. Whoa. <laughs> That is completely different from everything we've drank so far tonight. Yeah. Like, completely different. And, I mean, you can, I will say, I can t I can immediately right off the bat taste the uh, the level of peatiness on this one in comparison <laughs> to the others. But, wow. It's a little hard to train the brain to understand the difference between the peat uh, spice that, that, that that's kind of numbing your tongue right now mm -hmm. and the alcoholic part of the whiskey. Right, right. So it's 61% cast strength that's far more alcoholic than the ones we've had so far so that first sip is gonna kind of numb your tongue because mm -hmm. of the alcohol have another couple sips and now you're gonna get more of that peat and that peat really numbs your mouth it's very very I, I like to use the word offensive it just it kind of hits you <laughs> in the face right I love it I love being offended <laughs> <laughs> good yes but uh yeah it's 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 very 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 different and uh I don't know. They, they knock out of the park with this kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I love it. Where are they based again? Uh, Brookladdock is... Well, they're in Scotland, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're in Isla. They're, they're okay. It's a, the south, uh, south, southeast of Scotland. Okay. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a pretty big distillery. They have uh, a less expensive one that I, I don't have to just share with you here, but it's the uh, uh, Port Charlotte Heavily Peated 10-Year. It's a gray uh, cylindrical can. It goes for about $75. It's every bit as good as this, um, just not as peated. Mm. So it's, but it's very good. Yeah. Well, this is fantastic. I can, you can mark me down as a fan of the Octomore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to come back to these. I'm throwing this last question over to my good friend, the late, great James Lipton. So he ended every interview of Inside the Actor's Studio with the following. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? 
finally you got here. Like, <laughs> my God, we've been waiting for you, man. Jesus. You're the legend. We've been waiting for this guy. It's not It's not heaven till Bragg gets here. My goodness. Like, is that, I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? Like, they, they, they've just been waiting for me to get there. Like, God's just, like, thrilled. He's like, this guy who has been boring his shit up here until, uh, and that's how God speaks. He's very, he gets very old school and biblical. He's like, I've been bored as shit without Brad. I need this guy. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, uh. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, I'm, yeah. surprised, I'm surprised you didn't say go Bears. Yeah, if God was a Bears fan, <laughs> what God? What the hell are you doing? Like, if, like intervene right now. Intervene right now. If you are if God, if you are a Bears fan, get involved right now. That's all I'm gonna say. He's is a masochist. We have been poor. We have been. We have been. Just absolutely brutalized for so long. I mean, why are you doing this to your, to your, <laughs> what's that meme? It's like, gosh, wh- God, why are you giving your, uh, most, God, stop giving your, me your toughest challenges. It's like, <laughs> it's like me as a Bears fan. Like, God, please stop. <laughs> I just want to win at something. <laughs> so anyways, man, my mental health is doing well. <laughs> yes. Handling the off season very well. As we pour more whiskey. <laughs> yes, yes, you have to. It's the only way to survive. Uh, <laughs> so is that your answer? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's what I'm. That's the one I'm going to go with. Um, uh, like I, I love it. Yeah, that's I, great. Then I'm sure there's like I'm going to think about it. Like I mean, I'm going to come back to all of these questions and be like, those were the dumbest. <laughs> those were the dumbest answers. Here's the real answer. But no, this one I'm going to stick with. This one I think it's a. I think it was the correct answer. Yeah, stand by it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, we have five samples here. We have a little bit left in each glass. Um, take me through, you know, what your thoughts were on each and which one you liked the best. Oh, man. Well, I, I mean, I, I probably have the recency bias going a little bit. So um, I would say, it, uh, yeah, I definitely, the, the Octomore was a favorite for me. It was just so different. That, that that was, I think, what it was for me was that, like, the others were, they, they were, they were, you know, there was clear differences in them, but this one just like like from from top to bottom just felt like a completely different drink. Sure. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was very fresh and very interesting. And um, then I would say I probably then I probably will say I uh, the, the um, I'm going to need your help with uh, the name on this bad boy. It is the Ardbeg. Uh, oh, the Ugdal. Ugdal. Yes, I, I, I very much liked the Ardbeg Ugdal. Um and that one was that one was very good, very smooth. Um, and uh, again, uh, yeah, that one was. Uh, we've had that one before, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, that one, that one is just. Uh, I love that one. Uh, um, I'm I'm thinking the log the Lagavulin 16 years probably comes in next after that one. Yeah. Uh, just like I said, it it was what you expect. It was it's what you expect a very nice scotch to taste like. And sure. It just accomplish. Just checks all the boxes, and it's just like yes, this is it. Sure. Um, then I'm going to go with. I really liked the first one we drank, which was just the the that Lefroig. was the Lafrog Ten Year. I thought that was really good. Um, again, the smokiness on it to start off was just was just r- exactly what I needed to get started <laughs> for a, a scotch drink, a scotch sampling. So. Yeah. It was starting on the right foot, uh, and I really enjoyed that. And then, I think that leaves uh, that leaves our poor friend Talisker uh, as 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 the last one. But but again, that that that's more of a taste bias thing where sure. I'm very much into. I really like the smoky peaty um, scotch, and that one was a little bit um, 
uh, was obviously a little bit more sweet and uh, l- you know less uh, less peat forward. I would say. Sure. So I, we're we're pretty close. I I don't have the uh, the Octomore first. I have I have Lagavulin sixteen first. Yeah. Followed by the uh, the Ardbeg Ugdal. Yep, Ugdal is my go-to. That's yeah. I, that'll always have that on my show. I mean, it's just it, 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 yeah, it's just very good. It's just like again, it's it, it's what you. I, I know I'm saying the same thing about Lagavulin, but it is very much what you ex, it, it's what you expect a very good whiskey or, or, or scotch to taste like, and it has all of the flavors that you. It has all of the flavors that you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Octomore is. For me, it's almost like a, it's a different category. Yeah, I want. There, I have a couple issues with the price point. And it, I know it's ex- exclusive. It's a special bottling. It, you know, it, it is what it is. But when I think of like ranking something, I think about accessibility and affordability. And I don't really want to shell out three hundred dollars every time I'm, I'm out of a bottle. And I, I, sure. I like to share it with friends and and you know with, with you. And it's 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 part of the fun of having whiskey. But yeah, I, I can get. I can get a Laphroaig 10 for 50 bucks and not feel guilty about opening that bottle. When I when I buy Octomore for $300, I kind of want to leave it on my shelf and look at it like, ah. <laughs> and I think it begs the question, and, and like, is it $250 better than the than than the other? Like, is it? Is, and, and like, that's where it's like, for me as somebody who's tasting your, your whiskey, like, it's like, I can say, oh yeah, this is, that's why this one happens to be my, I, chose this one today because i this was the this was the like i said recency bias played a play sure. factor but also it had all the peat that i love but yeah it's um it's yeah when you're thinking about a price point and and, and something like that yeah it's like it's like 250 it's i mean percentage wise i mean it's it's, right. it's it's is it that much better than everything else we've had today well and i think that's relative right that's subjective mm-hmm. you yeah what what's uh I was like saying what's the best whiskey people, yeah people always ask me like what 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 should i get and i'm like well what do you like or do you like chocolate? Yeah. Because if, if you don't like sweet things, I'm not going to put you to bourbon. Right. Exactly. I mean, again, that's me. It's like I. My, my, so my brother, my brother, he likes whiskey a lot. He's a bourbon drinker. He really likes bourbon. My dad loves bourbon. Big bourbon drinker. Um, and one, one year, I bought my brother a um, bottle of scotch because I figured that both of us could, you know, get, drink some scotch together. And uh, and I, you know, I I poured I poured some for both of us and. He had like one sip of it and was like, "This is gasoline. I can't even drink this." Like, he was like, "I don't know how you like this stuff." He's like, "I'm all about," but he was all about the bourbon, right? Uh, like, right. and that's like, it's like for me, it's like as I'm as uh, as I've been finding out over the last year, I think I'm really all about the scotch, and uh, the bourbon doesn't quite do it for me in certain areas. So, like, yeah, it's really all about what you what you like and what you expect from from your uh, spirits. Yeah, well, and, and even comparing these, you know, the the saltiness of the Ardbeg and the Laphroaig compared to the 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 more sweet of the Lagavulin 16. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally like the brine. Mm-hmm. I like I like that sea salt flavor. I like to be kind of transported to it. You're you standing know. there in a foggy day. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm, I, honestly, I keep. I, I'm, I'm sorry for bringing this up, but uh, if you've seen the movie at the Lighthouse, yeah, I'm just imagining you standing like at the Lighthouse with with Robert Pattinson with your with your glass of uh, glass of scotch, and that's uh, that, that's the vibe I'm getting today. That's that's the goal. <laughs> yes, yeah. is it the goal? <laughs> Seem to remember that that the Lighthouse not having a great ending, <laughs> or maybe it did. Actually, I don't know if I remember that. Well, I, I mean, if, if money was no option, I could just buy a lighthouse and live. A right. Alone and have all my whiskey. There you go. 
You know, I did actually see, I didn't actually click the link because I was too lazy, but I did <laughs> I did see an, a headline today, or not today, it was like yesterday, and it was about how Ireland is is apparently trying to, I know it's not Scotland, but it's relatively close. They're, um, they're, they're trying to um, pay people to uh, move to their islands um, because no one wants to live there apparently, and sure. so they're like, they'll help you move there i mean maybe if you can figure out a uh, program for scotland i mean you can get your own is there an island that's like right there right I, next to all the all the, all the distilleries I'm you sure, can get i'm sure i could find something yeah uh, I, yeah you just got to work out a good deal with the, with the scottish government i think yeah. that's the Renou- main thing. renounce my u.s citizenship for scotch yeah i think oh, so the, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for scotch yeah i think so shit I'm yeah. on the wrong crew sorry, path. yeah, yeah. Sorry to all of uh, all of Alan's military friends who just heard <laughs> him consider renouncing the United States for scholar. But if you if you were drinking the scotch today with us, you would understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a- any uh, any wise words for the people at home? Um, I would say so. Um, I would say one of the things I've gotten into the past two years, which I've already kind of mentioned with Nelson Mandela is, um, I've gotten really, I've gotten back into reading. Um, I'm an audiobook fan and I'm, I've, I, I just recommend to everybody if, um, you can find a way to get back into reading, whether it's picking up a book, finding an audiobook, or finding some way to consume, consume books. I think it's really important. And I think like what you, you, you don't have to. You don't have to read the things that everybody's telling you to read. You can find something that's just purely your interest and get into it, and yeah. uh, and it'll change your life. And I think that's like the big thing I'll say is that like I think I hope uh, I, I I you know I did so well selling the Nelson Mandela book that I I figure that everyone's gonna pretty much be rushing to the store to get the Nelson Mandela book. But after that, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I after you've read the Nelson Mandela book and can't put down books ever again, I mean. That's when you can really uh, unlock a lot of uh, exciting parts of your life. So yes, pick up a book and read. That is, my, those are my words of uh, wisdom for for the day. That's awesome. Well, hey man, it was a pleasure. Yes. Thanks for coming on, uh, and uh, we'll do it again soon. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me on, and uh, appreciate it so much. Yeah, you too, man. Cheers. As always, please like, share, and follow our podcast on social media, and find us on all podcast platforms. I appreciate your listenership. Stay tuned for our next episode on Saturday, August 5th. If you want to be a guest on the show and enjoy samples of whiskey with me, shoot us a message on social media or via email at koganconvo at gmail.com. That's C-O-G-A-N-C-O-N-V-O at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.